No testing has overtaken you that is not common to everyone. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tested beyond your strength. But with the testing, he will also provide a way out so that you will be able to endure it. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth should change or though the mountains should shake in the heart of the sea. Thank you, Donnery. Well, good morning. I feel like y'all are kind of far away this morning. <laughs> That's okay. Um, well, so some of you might know that uh, my husband Matt and I moved back to Salt Lake a couple years ago. And as we were moving back, I was in the process of finishing up my master's degree and all the various requirements that the PCUSA has for ordination of pastors. And one of those requirements that is set out by the denomination is that every pastor needs to do a unit of what we call clinical pastoral education, or CPE. And this is basically um, an intensive training unit as a chaplain in the hospital. And so in January of 2021, right in the middle of the COVID pandemic, I started a four-month CPE unit at St. Mark's, just down the road from us here. Um, and St. Mark's has an incredible spiritual care team. There were a lot of wonderful chaplains that I was able to uh, watch and learn from and uh, process with. But uh, as you can imagine, it was also a very busy and scary season in the hospital. You know, the vaccines were just starting to come out and there were um, pretty rigorous restrictions on the visitors that patients could have. The doctors and nurses were starting to get burned out because they had already been slogging through COVID for months. And most, if not all, of the hospital rooms were full. So it was pretty much all hands on deck all the time. And each of us as chaplains were assigned a floor or a unit in the hospital. And I was assigned to Third West, which was the med surge floor. And so these were patients who came in with anywhere from pneumonia to having had a drug overdose to having chronic lung issues, kind of all over the board. Um, and my job was to be present on my floor and make myself available to the staff and the patients that were there. So I spent a good chunk of my shift hours um, each of those days just knocking on hospital rooms and asking folks if they wanted someone to visit with. Um, they wanted someone to talk with or to pray with or just to process what was going on. And I mean, people are clearly there in the hospital because they need physical care, right? But when you've had a, a diagnosis or something like a heart attack or some other major traumatic life event, there's also understandably a lot of emotional and spiritual needs that accompany that as well. Um, and so when I introduced myself as a chaplain, there were plenty of folks that were not interested in having a conversation and that was fine, but a lot of folks were happy to just let me pull up a chair and talk with them about what this experience was like. And I would ask questions and they told me stories about their lives and their families, about their faith journeys, about difficult things that had happened years in the past and the difficult things that were happening currently. Uh, I spent hours in some cases just processing what it was like for folks to be in the hospital even as COVID was going on and uh, being hooked up to machines and just feeling lonely and tired and sick. They were pretty challenging conversations. 
But one of the interesting things that I noticed was how many people, even the ones who wouldn't describe themselves as particularly religious, would end their story by saying, but, you know, God won't give you more than you can handle. God won't give you more than you can handle. Over and over, I heard this phrase, God won't give you more than you can handle, or God won't give me more than I can handle. Have any of you ever heard or used this phrase before? Yeah, yeah, it's one we kind of lean on a lot. But if you've been with us in worship over the past couple weeks, you know that we are in the middle of a sermon series on statements that we are calling platitudes. Um, and we've been defining a platitude as an obvious, meaningless, or trite statement, especially one presented as if it is fresh or significant. So platitudes are often short, one-line statements that we use to tell one another or tell ourselves uh, that you know, things are gonna be okay. We intend them to communicate some form of truth, some form of wisdom, and especially some form of encouragement. This is the intention. And sometimes they do provide a little bit of encouragement, right? Because there's a hint of truth in them, but often they come up short. And these platitudes are not actually as comforting as we want them to be. What we end up getting from them is a misguided or overly simplistic way of understanding whatever's going on. And sometimes when we think critically about these statements we use, we find out that they don't actually even reflect what we believe. So the first platitude we looked at two weeks ago was everything happens for a reason. And if you haven't had a chance to listen to that, I, I would highly encourage it just because it's one of those that we hear all the time. Then um, last week, Pastor Chris walked us through the phrase, God helps those who help themselves, which we found out, contrary to popular belief, is not one of the Ten Commandments, <laughs> nor is it even anywhere in Scripture. Um, and neither, as it turns out, is this platitude that we are looking at today. God won't give you more than you can handle. It sounds like a scriptural reference or a Christian phrase, right? And we want it to be, we want it to be true that God won't give us more than we can handle. I mean, that's why I heard it over and over again in the hospital. These were not people who were trying to make a statement that was trite or dismissive. The people who said this had lives that were putting them through the ringer at that moment. They were experiencing real pain and, and real fear. And so using this phrase was intended to be an act of courage. Right? It was meant to offer hope that somehow they were going to have the strength to make it through whatever was happening. But is it actually true? Can we be sure that God will not give us more than we ourselves are capable of handling no matter what the circumstances? The tricky thing about this particular phrase and platitude is that it's close to what is written in Scripture. It's close to what the Apostle Paul means in his letter to the Corinthian church that we just read. Listen to it again. He says, No testing has overtaken you that is not common to everyone. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tested beyond your strength, but with the testing he will also provide a way out so that you will be able to endure it. He will not let you be tested beyond your strength. God won't give you more than you can handle. <laughs> This is the verse we often think we're quoting when we use this phrase. And it sounds like the same thing, right? It's very close, but it misses the mark by a hair. Because if we look at this verse in context, 
we learn that Paul has a very specific meaning in mind when he talks about being tested. The Greek word that he uses here is pirasmos, which means a, a trial, a test, or a temptation. But often it doesn't mean all of those things at the same time. And when Uh, In the verses surrounding this particular text, what Paul is talking about has to do with not eating food that has been sacrificed to idols. So he's writing to the Corinthian church and he's addressing the fact that they live in a very polytheistic culture um, that regularly worships other, uh, what we would say are false gods. And he's acknowledging that there is a temptation to be part of that, to fit into the larger culture by eating this food that has been sacrificed to idols in the temple. And that is when he uses this phrase, God will not let you be tested beyond your strength, but with the testing, he'll provide a way out. But it follows in the very next verse with him saying, therefore, my dear friends, flee from the worship of idols. So as much as I would (laughs) love to believe otherwise, Paul is not actually making a blanket statement here about difficult circumstances or hardships that we might run into over the course of our lives. Many biblical New Testament scholars will agree that he is talking very specifically here about temptation, about situations where we are tempted to engage in something that would be considered displeasing to God, like honoring something that has been sacrificed to an idol. In those circumstances, he's saying, God will not leave us unequipped to deal with the temptation. Sinning is not inevitable, is the point he's making. The temptation will be there, but there will always be a way out or a way to endure. Perhaps in that circumstance, we could think of it as God won't give you more than you can handle. Um, But even then, this phrase is still a little bit misguided, right? Because James tells us that it's never God that's the one that tempts us in the first place. He's not the one that puts hardships or temptations in our lives. And again, this verse is not a blanket statement that we get to apply to all other things. I wish it were, but it's just not. I mean, take just a minute and, and close your eyes, if you will, if you'd like. Imagine the last time that your life felt overwhelming to you. Maybe it was a day or a week or even years where something in your life was particularly hard, where things were not going as planned, where you had too much on your plate. Maybe you lost someone that you loved. Maybe you felt like you were in over your head in school or at work. Maybe there was stress in your marriage or with your kids. Or maybe you were the one in the hospital room hooked up to a bunch of machines and getting a horrifying diagnosis or watching someone else go through that. I mean, imagine those circumstances. Maybe you're in the midst of them right now. I would guess that there is a point at which each of us in the middle of that has said, this is too much. This feels like more than I can handle right now. Have you had that experience? At St. Mark's, I knew a woman who was in the ICU with cancer. She was only 40 years old and she had two little girls and a husband, and her doctor had just told her she was not gonna make it. It was heartbreaking. That was more than she knew how to handle. But even if we haven't faced circumstances quite as painful or devastating as that, 
we know the feeling of overwhelm and of hopelessness and of loneliness and of despair. And it doesn't just happen to us on an individual level either, right? This happens to us collectively. How many of you had moments even in the last couple years of COVID where you were like, this is too much, this is, I'm over it, I'm done. Like, I don't wanna handle this anymore. There's so much pressure. We're given circumstances that are over our heads or outside of our ability to control all the time. And even Paul, the one who wrote these words that we use for this platitude, even he acknowledged this in his second letter to the Corinthians, that there were things beyond his ability to bear. Listen to how he describes his experience when he writes to them. He says, five times I have received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I received a stoning. Three times I was shipwrecked. For a night and a day I was adrift at sea on frequent journeys, in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, danger from my own people, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers and sisters, in toil and hardship through many a sleepless night, hungry and thirsty, often without food, cold and naked. And besides other things, I am under daily pressure because of my anxiety for all the churches. Who is weak? and I am not weak. Who is made to stumble, and I am not indignant? If I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness. When I read a passage like that, I I can't help but think of all the people in places like Ukraine and Afghanistan that have been displaced by wars that are ravaging their country. I think of Christians who are persecuted in areas like Asia and Northern Africa. I think of family members who are grieving because of loved ones whose lives were destroyed not only by COVID but by the opioid epidemic that we've gone through. (laughs) None of these things fit neatly into the category of things we know how to handle, right? But if God doesn't give us more than we can handle, does that mean that we just don't have enough faith in those circumstances? That we haven't prayed hard enough for a cure or for peace or for the right answers? Often what comes out of this phrase, God won't give me more than I can handle, isn't the sense of comfort. It's more of a fear of failure (laughs) because the reality is that we feel crushed under the weight of everything that's happening. And rather than learning how to lament and grieve, we've been told to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps as though everything hinges on our personal strength and our ability to withstand. And the worst of it is that it makes God out to be some vindictive ruler who's happy to turn up the dial on our suffering just enough to get us to our breaking point, right? But that's not the God that we have. That's not the God that we serve. And if we accept that this isn't what Paul meant in his text, that it's not about God measuring what we're capable of and that life does actually give us more than we can handle, What's the alternative? Do we let ourselves be crushed by that? Is that the only way out? (laughs) Thankfully, that's not our only recourse. We can acknowledge that that is true and still, as Christians, have a hope in a strength that is greater than our own. 
Listen to Paul's words again from 2 Corinthians. This is what he writes. We were so utterly, unbearably crushed that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death so that we would rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He who rescued us from so deadly a peril will continue to rescue us. On him we have set our hope that he will rescue us again. On him we have set our hope so that we would rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. It's not about our ability to handle what comes. Even in the original text from 1 Corinthians, remember Paul says that it is God who is faithful. Our own strength is not enough, and it was never intended to be. That's the whole point. It's the whole reason we needed a savior in the first place, because the world has dealt out more than we can handle. But it's also why we can read and affirm this text that we read from Psalm 46, that God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth should change and the mountains should shake in the heart of the sea. We don't have to fear, not because we're able to handle it, but because he is able to handle it. And at the end of the day, God gets the last word. And even death itself was not strong enough to stop him. <laughs> there are times when, when I have after a topic like this, I feel a little bit like the like, doom and gloom pastor, right? Because I'm constantly drawing attention to the fact that life is messy and it's hard and we're given more than we can handle. And sometimes Ash Wednesday and Good Friday are two of my favorite Christian holidays or I love when we do prayers of confession. Um, not because it's like sinking us into the depths, but just because we get to acknowledge the grittiness of what it's like to encounter suffering and we get to name our own brokenness and our need for Jesus. That is the beautiful thing, the honest thing that we are called to do. If you read the Psalms or if you read Paul's letters even, you can see that there's no shortage of lament in scripture. The Bible is not shy about pointing out that things are pretty messed up. <laughs> but it is also adamant that we have a God who is powerful and is loving and is capable of handling the things that we can't. And that's the beauty of it. For as much sorrow and grief and anguish that we find or are faced with, there is also love and light and joy and hope, and we don't have to hold it all in ourselves. It doesn't just have to come from us. But we hold these two things in tension, right? That in this world we will have trouble, Jesus said as much, and that we also have a God who created everything from nothing and who brings life even out of death. That is good news. So rather than saying, God won't give us more than we can handle, <laughs> maybe we ought to say, we'll never be given more than God can handle. And I realize, as I say it, that even that sounds like a little bit of a platitude in and of itself, but it is a little closer to the truth, right? We'll never be given more than God can handle. There's nothing that life can throw at us that God can't redeem or overcome. And so I give you permission today, this morning, to acknowledge that there are things in your life that are more than you know how to handle. That's okay. God knows that too and it has nothing to do with a lack of faith. 
That's why we have a savior to rely on. That's why we ask God for our daily bread when we pray together. We get to lean on a strength that is bigger than our own. Um, earlier in the week, uh, Pastor Chris and I went to a pastor's retreat up in Midway with a bunch of the other pastors um, from the Presbyterian churches in the area. Uh, and the theme of this retreat was from morning to morning, the first morning being spelled M-O-U-R-N, morning, to the morning of a new day. Um, and it was, it was a really wonderful experience because we were all there together, and we just, at the, in our initial meeting in the morning, we, we spent some time processing what these last two years of COVID have been like, um, both individually and as pastors. You know, the things that we were mourning for ourselves and for our congregations and for the larger church in general, we got to talk about what that was like. We even had a couple chaplains there who processed what it was like to be in hospital rooms with patients throughout this whole experience. Uh, made me happy to be a pastor, if I'm being perfectly honest, and not always a chaplain in the hospital, because there is a lot of grief to sit with in those spaces. But we tried to make space for all of these things that fell in the bucket of more than we can handle. And then at some point we transitioned into asking what God might be calling each of us into in this next season. The ways that we were being invited to hold hope for whatever God's plan is for the future. And we prayed together and we practiced radically trusting a God who can do a whole lot more than we can. And I would challenge you to take some time and, and maybe do the same thing this week. Take some time to acknowledge whatever it is that has felt like more than you could handle lately. Talk about it with someone, read through the Psalms, pray through it even. Psalms have a lot of great language for lament and anger and grief. And we'll actually, uh, as we get into the season of Advent, be doing this in um, some small groups, just creating space to reflect on what that looks like in that season. Um, some of the things that, that we need to be able to be in the same spaces and name with one another uh, so that we can help hold each other up. And so I hope that you'll join us for that. But in any case, let it be okay to give things the space that they need rather than trying to say, it's all up to me to make this okay. And practice taking those things then and giving them over to God, asking for daily bread trusting that he is big enough to hold you and to handle it and to see you through it. I read a, a quote from Abraham Lincoln this week that says, I've been driven many times upon my knees by the overwhelming conviction that I had nowhere else to go. My own wisdom and that of all about me seemed insufficient for the day. I feel like we've been there before, right? just driven to our knees. But scripture said that God's grace is sufficient, that his power is made perfect in our weakness. It's not about relying on ourselves and our own strength, but about relying on the God who raises the dead. On him we have set our hope because there is nothing in this world that is too big for him to handle. He is our refuge and strength. Amen?
Amen. Let's pray. Gracious and glorious God, how incredibly thankful we get to be that you are big enough, that you are capable of handling the things that we can't. We know that our pain and suffering does not come from you. It is merely the result of a world and a people that are broken. And yet we hold the hope, we know the story, the reality of Christ who came to save us, to handle the thing that we could not, and to turn even the worst things into the best things. So Lord, please shower us with your grace, with your peace, and with your hope, even as we walk in a world that often gives us more than we can handle. We trust you and we love you, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.